I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Wednesday, October 30, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. Today was Fed Day. Fed Day is behind us. Let's discuss everything that happened. We can only deal with what the charts present us each and every day. So what's the first thing that jumps out off the page on this chart? That is missing the gap by that much. So the gap was at 301.60. We also had a trend line that I just moved up at 301. So we'll use that for visual purposes at 301.60. And you can see we missed the gap. And that was in and around the Fed announcement. That's normal garden variety market behavior. What do I mean by that? No, not all gaps are missed. What I mean by that is when they miss a gap by a little bit, it's an indication of something else. It's bullish for the market when they miss a gap down below. When they miss a gap up above, it's generally bearish for the market. Not being able to get somewhere is either bearish or bullish depending on which way the market's headed. If we just think about it in terms of the 80-20 rule, 80% of the time they get to the destination to which they're going. 20% of the time they either blow right through it or they come up short. One way or the other, it's the 80-20 rule. The majority of the time, the market does what it's supposed to do. 20% of the time, it gets whacked out. So how do I look at this? The way I look at it is the market was supposed to hit the gap. We were supposed to touch the gap, whether we spiked into it a little bit or touched it and went back to the upside. That was up to the market. We know what to do in either case. Here, they missed the gap and they turned around. We know as it's happening, that's bullish. What else were we looking at to give us an indication that things were not bearish, but bullish? Here's the hourly chart, and here's what we had on the docket. So here's a breakdown candle. I was using this as a breakdown candle high, 303.43. Inside the numbers members, we're privy to that number before we blew right through it. What we were saying was they're making a bearish pattern. It was essentially a bear flag pattern and that flag pattern would have been taken off the table if they got above and closed hourly above only with the hourly close above unfortunately in this case by the time the hour closed you're all the way up near the highs but with an hourly close above the high of the breakdown candle what is that bullish or bearish it's bullish not bearish It takes the bearish pattern off the table. It takes the bear flag pattern off the table. And what it does is it takes that same movement that the market was going to make in the southern direction. It flips it around and it releases the same energy up north. What happened? They did that. Now you can look at that and say, well, he's just saying it's after the fact. Yeah, it is after the fact. But we talk about this all the time. So when you talk about it all the time, you're able to recognize it A lot of the time. What else does this tell us? Well, if we pan out a little bit and look at a couple of other charts, we're going to see something that we've been discussing for the last couple of days. Now we move over to the 120-minute chart, and what we see is essentially the same bull flag pattern that we've been discussing. may not be the perfect bull flag pattern. Maybe it's a bull wedge pattern. It's a bull whatever. It doesn't matter 
what you call it. What matters is the majority of the time, minus a couple of spikes down below into the 20 period moving average, for the most part, the market is spending the majority of the time in this range now breaking out to the upside. What's that telling you? It's telling you that it wants to go higher. It's telling you that under normal garden variety market conditions using the 80-20 rule, 80% of the time, this is going to result in the same thing we discuss over and over and over again. The bull flag pattern will have a move in the northern direction. How high is the next question? There's really two answers to that. Answer number one is in and around 305. Maybe it's 305.50. Somewhere up in that neighborhood, the market should find overhead resistance. But here's the other side of that. Let's go back to the daily chart and we take a look at the volume. We've discussed volume lately. We're continuing to discuss volume. Again, light volume, even with the Fed, even with the new high today, once again, another new high, it's still on no conviction buying. We're not downplaying the price, meaning new high is a new high. Price is the absolute. What we're doing is bringing in other stuff to discuss. And here's the reason why I think it's important. The market continues higher. The volume doesn't matter. If you see a reversal on tremendous volume, that's a change in the market's characteristics. But if we continue to see the same thing over and over and over again, and here's what I mean. Just pan out to the 3rd of October. The 3rd of October was the low down here at 285. Every day with obviously some exception, but the market has been up, up, up and away the majority of the time on light volume. Let's just take that at face value. If it walks like a duck, talks like a duck, let's just assume for the time being it's a duck. And if things remain the same, there's no reason to believe the market will absolutely turn around at 305. It can, it may, but we don't go with assumptions, we don't guess. What we do do, do do? What we do is simply wait for a sign and signal of a trend change. These are things that are discussed and taught in detail in the course Lazy E-Mini Trader. So that all being said, what we're doing from here, assuming the market does continue higher, we're using 305 as the next logical area of potential overhead resistance, but certainly target exits for those traders that are holding some long positions across the market. Could we have a melt up? Could they get another 50 handles higher up to 3100, which would be the next semi fat round number? Yeah, they could. doesn't have to happen all at once, but don't discount the market. It continues to go higher, continues to climb the wall of worry, defy most traders' expectations, and I'll remind you of something we discuss when markets are either at highs or lows, depending on whether they're all-time highs or all-time lows doesn't matter. It's that markets can certainly travel farther and faster than most people ever really think they can. Markets can stay solvent longer than we can. Since we busted out the book of one-liners, we might as well finish off with, the trend is your friend until it's not. Here's a short hop. We're throwing the ball around the horn. Facebook had earnings after the closing bell. Thought we would quickly take a look at Facebook. So we talked about the importance of the 190 price. 
We're above 190 now, or they're above 190. And the next important price is right around 200. It's slightly above 200. Call it 250, 275 in that neighborhood. If they were to bust up above 200, it's really up to about 207 above that, and they'll probably have another leg higher. But that's the way I see Facebook at present. Another one that will report earnings after the bell, it, they might have just reported now, Apple, they just reported on the nose. I'm doing this video, and they just reported the number. You can see it blasting higher. They already got to 250, meaning I think yesterday or today, something like that, or came up just short of 250, maybe by 25 cents or something. Let's go check that while we're wasting time watching Apple and not talking about the things that are important. But the high was 249.75. So if we go back to the hourly chart, you'll see we're going to challenge that high, probably bust through that high, probably get over and above 250. I don't know where they'll go, 252, 255, there they go. So now they're above the old high from the other day. So now they'll go up another couple of dollars. And if you find Apple above 250 by the time the morning rolls around, that's very positive for Apple. It's all-time highs, and you don't know exactly where they'll stop. We talked about this already, whether it was yesterday or the day before. Could be 260, could be 300. We don't know, so you just watch it, you become a spectator, and you use the things that are taught in the course to find signs and a signal of a trend change. Therefore, you have something to trade against. When you have something to trade against, if you have to lose, you're able to lose small and fast. That's the objective. The objective is protecting the capital. Capital preservation is always job number one. Let's switch over to Camp IWM. Those of you who are Apple watchers already know by the time you watch this video what happened or what is happening with Apple. Let's go over and discuss something relative or relatively important in the IWM. And that is the fact that the IWM was flat today, was not able to make a new high. That's interesting. It becomes more interesting when we take a look at my second favorite market leading indicator in the transports. We'll get to those in a moment. Two ways we have to look at this. One way is there's nothing wrong with this chart. We're above all the moving averages. We're coming up to challenge former highs. We don't have to run through the highs right away. Can certainly meander around, play chop shop for a while. But as long as they stay above the moving averages and above this trend line, then the IWM is positive slash bullish. The other way to look at it is it went too high too fast. They need to work some of this overbought condition off the clock, right? And overbought is a relative term because there's no measurement for overbought. It's really like throwing a dart with a blindfold on. It's the the market's been up for three weeks in a row with minor exception scenario. It's due for a pullback, but that's not technical. It's not scientific. It's mainly what most people do. We take it a step farther. I said earlier in the week that the market, I won't be surprised to see the market either culminate at some kind of a top or put in a turn later this week. Tomorrow is really the beginning of later this week. Wouldn't it be something if they put in a top around 305 in the spider and then had somewhat of a pullback? Doesn't have to be a collapse down, just a pullback of sorts. 
And that would essentially be on time, right out of the course, Lazy E-Mini Trader. And there's one thing that I like to say over and over again. I say it almost every single day. Time is more important than price. And I have to tell you, there's really very few people that I'm aware of across the markets, few analysts out there that really believe that. There are some, I know some of them, that believe time is more important than price. And here's the deal. It's interesting to me when the majority of people believe one thing and a minority of people believe something different. In your experience, which one is generally right? The majority or the minority? The majority of people thought Hillary Clinton was going to win the presidential election. The majority of people in December of 2018 thought the market was going to keep going lower. The majority of people in May of 2019 thought the market was going to keep going higher. You see where I'm going with all this? I can go on and on and on. All I have to say is time is more important than price. If you don't learn the time component of how the markets work, you're never going to really get anywhere. How about the VIX? We're getting into showtime for the VIX. Here's the situation. We're at the price. We're around 12 and a half bucks, even below. I'm starting to collect the VIX tomorrow. But let me be clear about how I'm going to approach the trade. I like to use options on the VIX itself. You can use VXX. It's just the same. It's not really the same. It's as close as you're going to get. I'm likely going to go out to April, April of 2020. Why am I doing that? Because if the stock market, meaning the S&P, is going to find itself up at 3100 which is completely possible, we don't know that it will, but it's certainly possible, it could happen by Friday. If that happens, the VIX is going to be down at 11 or 10 or whatever it's going to be. It's going to be lower, and I'll be happy to collect more around 11, 10 and a half, 10. That's why I'm going out to April. I will collect the VIX all the way down, and I will be rewarded when it spikes back up. It's not going to stay down for six months. Never feels like it at the time. It's not an easy trade. You have to have the long view. If you've been on this channel for any period of time, we've done this before with the VIX. I've collected the VIX before, and I've collected as a result of having the VIX before. You just don't know exactly when it's going to pay you. So let's say my total position, for argument's sake, was going to be 10 calls. I'm likely going to buy two or three tomorrow. Moving over to the transports. Now, we were watching this for the last couple of days. We identified the pseudo-doji slash pseudo-tail candle from a couple of days ago. We identified the fact the market traded lower yesterday. Now we're going to identify the fact that the market closed below when I was watching this this afternoon. was watching it very closely as they tried to rally the market back to close inside the low of the breakup candle. So here it is. The low was 10,658 and change, so they closed below the low. Now, you're above all the moving averages, and you tested a pivot low today. You never did fill a gap down here, so this has a similar look to the SPY chart. However, we've seen it in the past many times, so we can't necessarily discount it just yet, but the transports have a tendency to be a canary in the coal mine. Now, here's the catch-22. 
We're well above the moving averages. They've converged to be basically in the same place. They're actually turning upward. We're above them, headed down to test them. So is all they're going to do is a test and continue in this up, down, up, down, up, down thing going on? Up, down, up, down, up. Here we come down. Are we going to come all the way down? Are we going to come halfway down? But we're in the down thing right now. Here's the weekly chart. We've talked about this a couple of days ago. Here's that channel. And we went to the top end of the channel. Now we're coming back down. Do we stay above the moving averages or do we come back down? If the market's on a hard sell, we come back down. If we're floating around on light volume, we likely float around on light volume. What is this market telling us right now? What is this weekly chart of the transports telling me? What it's telling me based on the current setup, above the moving averages, the somewhat of a bull flag pattern going on here, what this is telling us, challenging the breakdown candle high, what this is telling me is they want to go higher. That's what it's telling me. They had every opportunity to fail a number of times, any number of times. They keep coming back. It's like Rocky, you can't knock him out. He keeps coming back. So we'll see what happens with the transports above the moving averages on the weekly chart. Certainly nothing wrong with the transports. The tech stuff, the cues, fill the gap, staying near the highs. Nothing wrong with this chart. It's in an uptrend. The trend is your friend. Till when? Till it's over. Anything to report from the financial sector, the XLF? Absolutely nothing. Flat day. There is no takeaway based on the close. It's just pretty much the same close as yesterday. But there is a takeaway based on where we traded or they traded earlier in the day. So here's a gap, and you'll see where I'm going with this pretty quick. The gap is 28.64. The low of the day is 28.64. Any accidents or coincidences across the market? Unlikely, not very likely, not in this case. Is that bullish or bearish? Based on everything I've taught you, it's bullish. We touched the gap and went. It's a hit and run. So unless we wake up to a tweet, China's pulling out of the deal, whatever it is, you can make up a thousand reasons till Sunday unless we wake up to something that pulled the rug out from the close today they should go higher. And when I say they, not just the financials, across the board, there's nothing bearish on the charts. You wake up to a surprise, that's a different story. We trade the surprise accordingly. But we know the drill with the financials. Without the financials collapsing, it's unlikely we're going to see a big drift down in the market. How about the SMH? We have a similar situation in terms of the gap. They missed the gap. They did the same thing they did with the spiders. They came down and the low was 127.21 and the gap is actually at 127.03. So they missed it by a few cents, but the SMH is bullish. There's nothing bearish on this chart. We've been discussing that. It's in an uptrend. Certainly can be extended. Certainly has some room to come down to home base, to eat some time off the clock, to banter back and forth, play chop shop for a while, whatever you want to call it, certainly has some white space in there between current price and home base. Home base is the 20-period moving average. It's about 123. There's five bucks in between. Anything can happen for a day or two, but the market, meaning the SMH, is in an uptrend. Until that changes, it's a duck. Here comes another short hop, moving over to Apple just to check it out, see what's happening. What was the high? 
252.50. So they got above the semi-fat round number of 50, 250 by just a couple of bucks. Now they've pulled back pretty decently off of that number. We'll see where they finish. We'll see where they are first thing in the morning. Let's put that stuff aside for a second. I want to talk about Conspiracy Theory 4.0. This one's just for fun. This one's a small one, but it's something you have to take notice of. So the Fed comes out with the Kabuki Theater announcement today. The curtain goes up at 2 p.m. They come out with the interest rate cut. They cut by 25 basis points. The market jerks around for a while, and we go on. Personally, I thought there would be a bigger move as a result of the announcement, regardless of whatever the announcement was, but probably so did everybody else, and there you go again. I was in the majority, and what happened? We get no move. No imminent move, or instantaneous move, that is. But we did get a move, and I found it interesting that the market bottomed and started moving up, and here it is, 1430, so that represents 230 in the afternoon and beyond. The press conference started somewhere around 3 o'clock, probably, maybe slightly before. I could be off on that. I don't remember exactly when the press conference started. But the point is, is as the press conference is going on, any market that was down, all of a sudden, a magic hand comes out and rescues the market, and we finish near the highs on Fed Day. It's interesting. Just saying. Here's something else. This is probably more useful, but I think it's important to bring to your attention. It's one of those things where the traders that didn't stick around to the end of the video miss out on this. I think it's a good piece of information. For a moment, we're going to discuss the bucket of indicators. You got the MACD, you got the MAC Daddy, the RSI, you got Bollinger Bands, you got Slow Stochastic, you got Fast Stochastic, you got all kinds of stochastics. You got analyzers, decouplers, and Lupinacci vectors. There's no shortage of indicators. But as you know, I don't use any of them. The only thing I use is the candlesticks and the moving averages. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less. Here's the point. So inside the numbers members, we're told this afternoon that if the market got above the breakdown candle high, and that high was 303.43, that would take the bear stance off the table, and we'd essentially flip around, and the same move that we were expecting on the downside would end up being expected on the upside. So that all happened. We talked about it before. But here's the point that I want to drive home. It's what I believe. I've seen that before. I've seen it in both directions. I've seen a lot of other stuff that's taught in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. Stuff just like that. Now, I know about it. Traders that have taken the course know about it. And if you don't know about it, at least from where I sit, here's what happens with folks that use a bunch of indicators. Let's just take a blank indicator. We'll make one up. For our purposes, we're calling it the nonsense diverging indicator. And let's say trader A is watching the nonsense divergent indicator. And at the same time, price is getting above the breakdown candle high, his indicator or her indicator starts to flash by. Now that indicator may be looking at something completely unrelated whatsoever. And it can be a coincidence that it was a buy at the same time. Why is that? Because the market was going up anyway. So bunches of indicators were flashing by. Mine, what I use as the indicator, if you will, wasn't the only one. We're aware of that. But if you've been around here for a while, we know that this works the majority of the time. Nothing works every time, but this works the majority of the time. We've seen it over and over and over again. That's why you're here. 
So here's the point. This is what happens. Trader A says, look, the indicator worked. It flashed by. I bought. I made money. Therefore, it works. So he's going to keep using it over and over again, even though the next time it flashes by, there was nothing bullish on the chart. The trade didn't work. But that trader typically chalks it up to, well, it just didn't work that time or it didn't work because of, and they bring in another reason why the trade didn't work, having nothing to do with the math, the indicator, the price, whatever. The reason it didn't work was because of a tweet, because of China, because of Iran, whatever. And therefore, justifies the losing trade. We lick our chops. We move on to the next trade. It's part of the business. And we go on to use the indicator again because we remember the winning trade where the indicator worked. Only you and I know it had nothing to do with the indicator. The indicator was by happenstance. That's my view of these indicators. I have to look at it that way. I have my own way of looking at the charts. And I know from the bottom of my heart, the majority of these indicators that we hear about, they sell for nothing. They sell for $50, $100, whatever. You know what? The majority, if not all of them, are total garbage. You know how often they work? About half the time. What's that the same as? A coin toss. I'm certainly not saying that we're rocket scientists over here. I'm right all the time. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying the majority of the indicators are garbage. That's what I was saying. And with that, it's a pretty good place to pull the ripcord before I do. I want to thank each and every one of you. I appreciate each and every one of you. Without you, these videos are not possible. So thank you very much. I'm David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. Thanks again for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.